we're good. All right. Yeah. Well, welcome back to Soul Back. This is the RB Podcast. Kyle here back with Tom and Ed. Another week, another podcast, some madness going on in your guys' country. Oh, Mine God. seems to be doing okay. <laughs> but what can we do? What we what you can do is get the guest room ready because I'm moving in. I'm sick of this one. I'm just wondering, guys. I almost I, I told you earlier, I almost missed this podcast. Any of you guys eating that Beyond Meat? I had a Beyond Meat sausage patty. Our our friends on YouTube probably heard the story when we went live earlier. Anyone out there eat this stuff? I tried and it, it, it didn't go well. <laughs> it didn't go well because you're eating grass <laughs> and like probably Clorox. Mm, yeah, that doesn't sound too good. Hey, but well, it's you still, said it, it tasted was the, good. It's still meatless, so it's yeah, a it's win, meatless. I guess. They didn't lie. <laughs> the struggles of those who don't eat red mm. meat. Yeah, but Tom, uh, let's do a couple of shoutouts just to uh, get everyone warmed up to another great episode we talked we're talking about 1994 but a lot of people have been joining us since 2009 these look backs um do you have a couple of shadows that you want to give up um first of all it's crazy that we've been doing this since 2009 i think i sat out a couple of those episodes and when comparing 94 to 2009 it's, (laughs) it's tough to think of it's tough to think about to be honest yeah. But it's crazy because it's not, it's just a little over 10 years. It's not like we're looking at this 20 year gap. Yeah. But let me say thank you to everyone who's joined us. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a family who comes through and supports us every week. We read all the comments. Those who check out the stream afterwards on Spotify or Apple or wherever you're checking it out, be sure to join us live on Saturday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern. Yep. We're bringing in guests every week. I think that's been a fun part of it. And it's been a fun ride. We got a few more years to go. Until what, 92? Yep. Yeah, I'm probably going to cap it off at 92 because for me, I think that was the year that kind of influenced the sound that most of us kind of know and love and really influenced what we're hearing today. But we'll get into that in a couple weeks. Yes. <laughs> but um, before we get to R&B in 1994, there was something significant that occurred in 90, 1994 that I want to discuss, and it will be our trivia for the mm-hmm. week. There was Uh-oh. a big TV show that I think premiered, premiered on Fox. I could be wrong on that. Someone might want to correct me on that. It was a super big TV show. Um, I have I have a pop figure here. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Shout out to the Green Ranger. So as part of today's trivia... Tom and Ed, if you can name me the five or I guess six original Power Ranger members, you win this one. So we'll go back and forth and we'll see who oh. can get more. So well, yeah. this is an easy one for me because even though I despise the Power Rangers, my little brother was obsessed with them. So it was like, I know all of them by osmosis. So, yes, I can do this. All you right. want to start with me or start with Tom? We'll go with Tom. I'll give you a hint. This guy uh, shares your name. <laughs> That's really? a big hint. Oh, I wouldn't have got that one. I do know two, I think, off the top of my head. All Billy? Right, give Billy the is Ranger? One. Yes. Was there a Jason? There, there is a Jason. Okay. That's all I got. Oh, yeah. Sorry. You have to also give me the color of the Ranger. Well, Billy but... was a blue one. Yes. I thought Jason was the white one. No. No. That's all you got? There there was a white one, right? Yeah, but he's not an original. Oh. I don't know then. That was was in season two. You missed out. All right, Ed. Go for the steal. Oh, my gosh. So you got got the Tom Leo Ranger, the green one. (laughs) (laughs) Then you got um, Kimberly was pink. My Mm. boy Zach was black. Got to represent for the brothers. And what was her name? Trinity? Trini. Trini was the yellow. Yes. Yes. I think that's everybody. Yes. Wow. They had. After that, don't ask me. It was about a 10 million after that. Tom, they had had the yellow ranger as an Asian and the black ranger as a black guy. (laughs) Ahead of their time, I guess. Yes. (laughs) You gotta love the racist (laughs) 90s. All right. Well, uh, 1994 R&B. Quite a big year here. And 
again, with every episode, we don't have enough time to go through every single album. But Tom, I'll start with you. When you look at these collages that I've made and you've done your research, what stands out about 1994 to you? Well, I think I saw where Ed told us this was the most important year or some of the albums released in this year were the most important in possibly R&B history which you can't really argue with, and we'll talk about some of them, but just the, the quality. When you think about some of these albums, like these were albums, and you know you could tell it was a different quality level. And this is not a, this is not a diss. We know the same effort isn't going into the music because it's not right. This is mm-hmm. not, the sales aren't there. You know I mean? But th- this was a different time of music being made. It wasn't you know as it is now. And like if you, I mean, Boys to Men two album. I mean, it's a masterpiece. I don't remember calling many albums masterpieces lately, but it's because of the work that went into it. I mean, you went in there to make an album, you didn't just go in there to make a quick hit. And I think that's a big thing about when I look at this era. Yeah, Tom, that's a great point. And I don't want to beat up too much on what we see in 2021 or whatever, because it is a different era and music is not created the same. But yeah. We'll we'll name the individuals later on, but there are albums this year that just transcend. And part of R&B's big mainstream success started in this year. I mean, it was a little bit before, a little bit after. But when you think about the three or four major players this year, we mentioned Mariah and a couple others in 95. But so much groundwork was laid to make mainstream R&B a top player. And that happened this year. And it was because albums were being crafted and created, not just I'm going to make one song that's going to be hot on TikTok. We doing the butt getting yeah. big challenge on, on whatever y'all got on my feed on IG. But we are creating actual bodies of work that have great singles and great album cuts that people remember. Yep. Great iconic videos that went along with it. It was just this multimedia this push of these albums, these storytelling devices that we don't see today. And that's why it's hard to compare the two. But when you look back at the big hitters and even some of the lesser albums that we might not even get to today, mm-hmm. they're just so, so strong, so well put together. I miss this era, y'all. I miss it. You know what else? I, I'll just real quick, and I don't need to keep comparing to the current day, but yeah, there was a love of the creation of music. You, you can tell the artists, were creatives in every sense of the word. They loved going into the studio, the creative body of work. Yep. It wasn't like they were just trying to make themselves famous. They were true artists. And, you know, that's something that stands with me. Some of these artists who came out of this era, and you still see it in some of their more recent work. They put the same type of effort into it. Right. It's a love for the music. And especially around, I don't want to get too far into hip hop, but especially in the time for this, we've talked before about how I've said that it's unfair to compare especially in hip hop, like the sales of today versus the sales of yesteryear was not fair because they weren't put on the same platform. Artists weren't making, I mean, they were making music, yeah, to get out of the hood and to make money, but they weren't making it to be like getting 37 Grammys because people didn't do that. They did it because they love the art. If I'm going to get successful off of it, that's great. But I have a love and passion for the art, not just this is something I can do to get rich really fast. And some of that is what we see today where music is just this money churning industry and not the love and craft being put into each and every one of the albums. I think our boy Jonathan B summed it up best in the Instagram comments. The current generation of music is ass. Well, (laughs) there you go. I'm not going that far, but I just thought that comment was funny. Well, do you agree with that? One cheek. Do you agree with that statement, Green Ranger? He does. Oh, Anyways, wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, well, smash up your Megazord now. When I look at these three iconic albums in particular, it's crazy because people still listen to these three albums, and these three albums don't sound like each other. We're talking about Boys to Men's two album, TLC's Crazy, Sexy, Cool, and Mary J. Blige, My Life. Let's start off, guys, because we have a lot of other albums to talk about. But can we talk about Boys to Men's two album? I think every single person had that album. Like that album went diamond. Mm-hmm. That album transcended uh, culture. Everyone loved Boys to Men during that era. Ed, how big was Boys to Men that era? I will tell you how big they were. I could go over 
my friend's house. I could go over my aunt's house. I could go over my neighbor's house. I could go over some random church person's house. Mm. You will see a CD <laughs> or cassette sitting somewhere. It would be in somebody's car. It would be, it didn't matter because they, again, transcended the genre. If you like music, you probably like Boys and Men. And that's why that album to this day is a diamond seller of 12 times platinum, whatever it is. And they didn't need 17 cell phones and a bunch of people calling their friends to stream it over and over and over and over again to break the records. People went to the store and picked that thing up for $9.99 or $12.99 or $17.99, whatever it was. Mm. It was because the singles, and if you were around in 94, a lot of these singles, to be honest, I'm still tired of it because we heard them to death. But <laughs> they were so ever-present because they were just everywhere in pop culture. They were everywhere. And I love the point that you made earlier about how this album sounds so different from the other big albums that we'll be talking about today because they were able to put their stamp of originality on it. And it wasn't just like, well, it's the trap is the sound, so everybody got to sound the same. Like, that <laughs> wasn't it. This was the boys to men sound. And they were able to take what they did a little bit of the, we moved away a bit from the New Jack Swing into a more soulful sound, a little bit of hip hop sprinkled in. And they were able to create this masterpiece, as Tom said, and I got to agree with them, that has stood the test of time. One of the best albums, I know my match of kill is like, when are you going to rank all the albums of the 90s? I don't know, because that's going to be so hard. <laughs> but if this one ain't number one, it's pretty close. Kyle, I'm looking at the track list. Yeah, I'm looking at the producers and songwriters. Man, this might be the greatest collection of talent that's yes. come together on one album. I mean, yep. you've got you've got Dallas Austin, Jimmy Jam, and Terry Lewis. Mm -hmm. Tim and Bob are boys. You've got L.A. Reid, Babyface, Brian McKnight even wrote and produced a bonus track on here. I mean, you had Troy Taylor. Yeah, uh, insane. That's, that's uh, that that's a lot of key players, important <laughs> people that still impact the genre today. Guys, let me ask you this. Is I'll Make Love to You Boys to Men's signature song, or is it End of the Road? Um, hmm. I feel like they're, they, you could flip them back and forth, personally, interchangeably. Yeah, I've always felt yeah. like that. That's the thing, again, about, about their run. It, there, was, it, there wasn't one song that blew them up. There was just, they had so much. It's definitely between those two. I want to say I'll Make Love to You, because that was a little bit more present, mm -hmm. but there's no wrong answer there. Yeah. I see a couple comments at the end of the road. Jonathan B mentions Motown Philly. I think Motown Philly kind of stands more of the test of time just because it's an up-tempo jam you can still put on in more situations. Yeah. You know, than some of the slower songs that don't get as much airplay. Yeah, but when you think of boys to men sound, you think of the ballads. I would even yeah. throw yeah. on bended knee on there. That's a yeah. that's a great one too. That that might be it too. Again, there's there's no wrong answer because there wasn't one song that blew them up. Mm -hmm. They blew up because they were great. Yeah, Laurence wrote probably end of the road. It was played at my graduation. Can you imagine if they played I'm, I'll Make Love to You at a graduation? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of graduate? What are you graduating from, dude? Man? End of the road kind of. I mean, that's, at a graduation, that's that's a, that's a that could have multiple meetings. You know, it could have multiple meetings. That could be the end for these kids. That that they've reached their peak. You've reached the end. Oh my! Now get a God. job, you bums. Well, <laughs> can't wait to go to Professor Leo's class. <laughs> no, no, Tom's right. Wait till the kids find out that trigonometry does nothing for them in the future. Yeah, it does nothing. Oh, <laughs> Those fees were nothing. Yeah. Hey, don't tell the kids that. Work hard, study hard, and uh get A's in, in school. Uh, let's talk about TLC here. Crazy, sexy, cool. I love this album. I was just listening to it earlier in the week and like the sequencing on this one. Like there's a span of a couple of songs here where it's like unstoppable. It's yes. like dynamic and the singles are huge. <laughs> Red Light Special, Got Unpretty. Um, no, I'm pretty. No, not, not Unpretty. Um, Waterfall, is it? Waterfall, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Similar songs. Um, Creep. Creep. Digging on you, digging. I love digging on you. Digging on it's you, it's an amazing song. Favorite. One of my favorite songs of all time. Yep. And uh, I mean, Ed, talk about this era and the music videos that came with this era for TLC. Like the visuals were crazy. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's funny to look back at something like Waterfalls now because you can probably make that on your phone. But 
1994, in 95, that was gigantic. That video was huge and many people considered it like cutting edge, one of the best of its era. Because again, not only were the visuals crazy with the Terminator T-1000 looking water women, but the <laughs> storytelling was crazy. When you had a song talking about HIV, like that really wasn't something that was really covered. So again, TLC made its name earlier in their, you know, their debut album, talking about things that were considered taboo, like safe sex and women having sex. And again, this stuff that, you know, if you started listening to music in 2005, it seems silly. Like, what's the big deal? This was a big deal in 94. And they continued that trend here, talking about very poignant issues from a women's perspective. But not only did they have that, they had some incredible music behind it, some incredible producers, to Kyle's point, that album sequencing is top notch yep. and the visuals to go along with it. It was the package that made that album a classic. It wasn't because it was two hot songs and we skipped the rest. There were all these elements here that have made it to the point where even the album cover is iconic. If you see a red cover and three yeah. little heads, yep. you know so, where it's coming from. That is the makings of an iconic project. I mean, two things, guys. I, yeah. I'm looking at the the credits for this one as well you got jermaine dupree dallas austin manual seal baby face on multiple songs dallas austin again on another song you got chucky thompson puffy um i'm missing anyone but another all-star cast i mean mm -hmm. they, and it's just yep. amazing to see all these and these are people who are still at you know among the greats today but the other point i wanted to make i will go on record and argue the four singles on this album digging on you Red Light Special, Waterfalls, and Creep mm -hmm. could go up against any four singles on any album. Like they'd be, this would be among the best of a four single stretch. You could yeah. argue with me on that, but man, and the way it was sequenced, like you said, Kyle. Yeah, I love it. I'm trying to think right now. Yeah, because Boys to Men on that album had three, and then they had Thank You as well, which is definitely not as big as those four you no. just mentioned. No, yeah, like you, you, most our most albums only get four singles, let alone have four, which I would consider to be that's true. Epic, you know. Yeah, that's all true. four are content. I mean, you would think of all four of those when you think of an, an artist that has four singles. It's usually two that you really remember, one that you sort of remember, and one you probably didn't even know was a single. But four of that level that are essentially signature songs for them, because when you say the name, you immediately think of them. You know the songs. I don't know if that's a precedent that's really been set. I mean, maybe some stuff off a of butterfly. I'm sure somebody will hit me with something that I forgot. But man, that's a strong, strong run. Well, the only one that comes to mind in terms of number one hits is is Usher's Confession. But what were the four though? Well, yeah, as a number one hit. I know you guys don't but like that song. I'm talking in it, terms of quality. If we're talking quality, well, I mean that song is a classic, whether you like it or not. I'm just telling you. Number one hits here. So we have yeah. Who are the other? We okay. have burn. We have burn. We have confessions part two, and we have my boo. All four are number one hits. But uh, I'm, yeah. I'm taking TLC. Yeah, I'm taking one. TLC too. But <laughs> I'm just saying, if we're going by that, I'm, I'm you know. My boo was also a little of a cheat to me since it was yeah. It wasn't on the original. That's true. But that's that's splitting hairs. To Tom's point, I think that's still. I mean, no, I'm not gonna throw shade at Usher because that's an incredible album too. But mm -hmm. man, at TLC, it's hard to beat. Yeah, great album. Um, Mary J. Blige, My Life, probably one of the most influential albums for modern R&B. Really Absolutely. helped shape the sound of R&B. The sampling, killing it. Mary, people still love this album to this day. And that song, the self-titled song, My Life, man, mm. that song can get get you through some things and you'll feel that every single moment also, of it. That song could also bring you down. It's dangerous. <laughs> That's true. I mean, it's life, right? But Tom, tell me about this album. This album sounds very New Yorkish. Oh, man. Mary J is New York. Yep. That's why we love her. Shout out to Chucky Thompson. I mean, he made his Please, mark right yes. here. Some of his best work ever. Some of the best work in R&B in the 90s. I love this album. I love the song My Life. But like I said, it's a dangerous one for me. I can't always go there. <laughs> and I, some of these other singles are amazing, too. I love the song I Love You, Be Happy, I'm Going Down, Mary Jane, All Night Long, which was the, you know, the remake. Yep. Um, 
the the remix of I Love You, Ed. What the hell did that happen? Oh, that was my boy, Smith and Wesson, aka yes. the Coco Brothers. Yes. I remember yeah. hearing that a lot in New York City. They wore oh, that out in Virginia as well. This is a this might be a front to back, no skip. And I'm I'm a big, you know, a stickler when it comes to no skips. I can always find a skippable song. Mm-hmm. There might be one or two, but man, this is t- it's tough. When it comes to 17 songs, though, it's tough to make it non-skippable. Yeah. But classic, no doubt. Yeah, and this is one of the albums that did it. And even though you mentioned those singles, to me, it's the album cuts that carry it. Like the Never Wanna Live Without You, those songs, when I go back and revisit that album today, that's the stuff I listen to. Not so much. And I do listen to the I Love You remix because I got that. But Things like that are what make this album so strong. When y'all hear people talk about, oh, I want Sad Mary. Sad Mary was the best Mary. They're talking about this album. I Mm -hmm. don't want Mary to be miserable. But I think what they're saying is the energy and emotion that she brought on this album is just so compelling. Again, y'all have heard me when I do my album reviews and on this podcast, when I talk about the lack of emotion in modern music. It's not screaming It's not yelling at each other. It's not whatever weirdness. It's conveying emotion through your performances. And that's what happens here. Listen to my life. She sounds sad. She's not pretending to be sad or just reading lyrics off a page. Her sadness emotes through her delivery and through that song. And you can feel that the heaviness throughout the album. That's why I related to so many women in the 90s who were going through that. And mm. define Mary's career. Those are the performances, again, that makes classic material that sticks with you because it's an emotional resonance there. Well, Kyle, I will say one thing, though. Yep. It was kind of a gift and a curse that she gave us this album, you know, going off of Ed's explanation of yeah. Sad Mary. Everyone wanted Sad Mary on every album after that. That's this. the problem. It, it was impossible yeah. for her to replicate that. Nearly impossible. She wasn't going through it every year of her life that's true so that was a challenge yeah because sometimes and this is what i want to tell people it's exciting to see your favorite artist and producer reuniting but sometimes it's just they have to be in that state of mind that moment in time because puff and mary reunited a couple years later in 2003 and that album didn't connect the dots like my life did so sometimes it takes more (laughs) than just two creatives it's just the time where they're at so just keep that in mind when uh you see your favorite artist and producer coming back together all right that's why i don't like these part two albums you can't really replicate the sound of something from 10 years ago because you're a different person it's a yeah. different experience you're just setting yourself up for failure but i don't know but my life two album was actually okay so maybe i contradicted myself i see mm-hmm. a comment here from triborough gigolo that's a great name by the way <laughs> after no more drama she wasn't the same I would actually love to do a full episode on Mary's career. I think we could do we will. it and just kind of oh, dig we into could it. Easily do that. We will do it. And, and, and the, yeah, we'll do, we'll talk about that another time. And here's another fun fact for you guys, because I know some people uh, talk funny about Mr. Dalvin from Jodeci, and they always ask, what does he do? Well, he produced the track No One Else. I don't know if you guys knew that, but Mr. Dalvin produced that. Oh, I don't think I knew that. So Shout there you go, Mr. Dalvin. So the guy has a track on a legendary album. So stop making jokes <laughs> Come on, about my guy. Give the guy credit. We Come love on. Mr. Dalvin. <laughs> That's my guy. Um, but speaking of our guys, Ed, can we talk about mm. Keith Sweat's 1994 oh, album? Yes, you can. You can and, definitely talk about that. And why does it seem like he's dropping an album like every year? I feel like we talk about him every episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I love this era so much. Keith was on a roll in the 90s. This album is... I, I wouldn't say it's his best, but it's one of my favorites because we talked a couple episodes before about me playing like my Super Nintendo Mm. and like just having like these random albums like Total and Cut Close just playing in the background. And this is one of those albums that I'm playing Final Fantasy three or whatever, trying to get my levels up. So I'm fighting bosses over and over (laughs) and I'm listening to these albums on repeat. And that's kind of a lot of these songs, how they resonated with me during this era. And that was one of them because, man, Keith has a bunch of great albums. This is near the top, not his best by any means, but one of my personal favorites because it's got a lot of underrated jabs on it. Keith was on a roll going into his big one in 96. Nice. I would like to share my thoughts on this album. All right. <laughs> oh, my. Do we have to hear this? We know where this is going, player. 
I'm just kidding. I've never heard the album. Yeah, I will get there someday. Relax. He's. I was 11 in, in this. In Tom, Tom is currently yeah. listening in 1996. He'll get there soon. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you worry. You think hurry up. An 11 year old could not understand Keith's style of music. That's true. Well, you need to be an early bloomer like me, but I wasn't 11. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, a couple more albums I want to get into here. Tom, have you heard El DeBarge's album from this year? I know you love the DeBarge's. I know. All right, you got to get not. into that one. A lot of our fans. All right, El DeBarge. That one. It's on my homework list too. Um, let's talk about Mariah Carey's Christmas album because we can argue that this is a classic as well, just like some of the other ones we've mentioned, Ed. Oh, yeah. We're talking classic, no question. Of course, I am sick to death. Of the dreaded Mariah Christmas song. I didn't even listen to much Christmas music last well, last month. Mm-hmm. Feels like a year after this week. But like I didn't listen to much because the year was just so crazy. But Lord knows I heard that Mariah song a hundred billion yeah. times. <laughs> and that song aside, the album is great. And again, this is another big era for Mariah. So she was on this kind of hot streak. She put out this album that would go on to be one of the defining Christmas albums, believe it or not, of the next 20 or 30 years. It's kind of amazing just to realize that of all the big stuff that we got this year, we also got a classic Christmas album. 94, it was something in the war. Mm. What, is, what is going on in these comments? The comments are on fire today on Instagram, guys. I see someone signed up, uh, Bobby Brown versus Keith Sweat versus Battle. Oh, and Bobby they said... No, they said Keith That'll be a Sweat quick win easily. easily. Wow. And then I see a comment, Jacquees can learn a lot from Keith Sweat. I think that goes without saying. Um, Jacquees can learn a lot from Why? not talking <laughs> I, so much. I must have missed something. How did Jacquees' name even come up in these comments? Who knows? Where, but... This is 1994. He wasn't even born. Was Jacquees born? No, I don't think he was. No. No, no I don't think he Jacquees was. He was 23. Uh, what year was that? What song was? <laughs> oh yeah, the Don, the Darnell song. He yeah. was twenty three, so I don't <laughs> know. Someone do the math. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't remember what year that was. Was that twenty eighteen? Probably eighteen, eighteen, yeah. nineteen. Right. I had to be eighteen. Um, I, I want to talk about this album, but not even the album itself, but just how big this group was at the time, H Town. Because I seen someone talk about their second album, but. What you also have to remember is the Above the Rim soundtrack came out that year as well. And they yep. have an amazing song on there produced by Devante, Part-Time Lover. That song is incredible. I mm. will say this, and I've gone on record. H-Town, I've hit, my love of H-Town is hit or miss. I respect what they've done, of course. I think that they could have really even been even bigger had they gone into the later half of the decade. But that song is one of the songs I actually like a lot. That one and one we'll get to later on. I think those are some of their bigger works. So H-Town was on fire too. I feel like everybody was on fire in this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Shout out to Dino. Rest in oh, peace. Yes. Oh, Rest in peace. Dino Mon- could have been so much. I'm telling monster. you. Monster on the vocals. Um, Ed, can we talk about Anita Baker and Luther Vandross? New Jack Swing had taken over. They were sort of figuring it out then, but they come back in the 90s and these two albums are actually pretty successful. Platinum yeah. albums. Uh, that's the weird thing. You see what we it's a, it's funny to look back because today we see our our legends come back and first of all half y'all on Twitter talk ah they washed ah, blah, blah. that's <laughs> disrespectful. I cannot stand that crap. Would you be the same ones then when they pass you sharing all these videos talking about how you love them. So celebrate our legends while we have them. But the thing is that a lot of times we see today our legends come out with stuff and it kind of gets ignored. And in the 90s, we talk about how Mary and Mariah and Boyz II Men and TLC and all these young artists are do- doing their thing, even though the veterans like Anita and Luther weren't in the spotlight spotlight, they still had their fan base. And if you look, those albums actually sold pretty well because they had a core fan base that even though wasn't really... I mean, I wouldn't say they weren't with some of the Mariahs and the Mary J's because they did like that, too. It wasn't that far of a stretch from the sound, but they had a core fan base that supported them, even though they weren't in the spotlight. So to me, it's a good lesson for us. We need to continue to support our legends and not put them out to pasture, even though they're still giving us great music. 
It might not be in the spotlight, but it doesn't mean it's not great. Mm-hmm. And Luther and Anita was still doing their thing, still had their fans. Luther had an even bigger comeback a few years later. So good for them for being the legends that they are. Even though they didn't have the spotlight at the moment, they were mm-hmm. still killing. Yep. Well, don't forget it's a generational thing, thing too. I mean, take, for example, Smokey Robinson. I mean, he's not still in the mainstream, but everyone considers him a, a legend. No one's trashing him. Mm-hmm. I think it's there was more class back then. You know, older fans people who came up in those generations had respect for these artists and still appreciated them. It feels like as we, as we've gotten through the generations, now we just want to trash people and bring them down. I don't, I just don't understand that. I, I have a reason for that. Uh Oh, <laughs> what is that? They didn't have the internet back then. That was true. You, Facts. You hit it. Facts. You hit it. Yep. Because I was about 100%. to say it's the social media era. That's exactly yep. what it is because I mean, at this time, I wasn't the biggest Luther fan, but I would never say that Luther was trash or that he fell off. I learned about him a little bit later on, maybe a couple years later, but I knew he was a legend. I knew he paved the way. I knew the big songs, so I respected him. I was like, oh, the Uncle Charlie Wilson, what's he? Oh, what, he, he hasn't had a hit in a long Who cares? He's a legend. Support our legends, man. You know what's crazy? That reasoning that I just said came from Jacquees. And you guys both mm. agreed with it. Well, uh, he because he perpetuates it. Yes. All right. <laughs> uh, I'm going to name a couple more albums before we get into these rookies here. And then we'll get into these rookies because we have a lot Kyle, to talk about here. I just want to let you know you've got some work to do because it's a 94 tribute. And we've already named Jacquees about three or four times. So you better mention some of these other people who actually came out in 94 now. That's true. <laughs> All right. So yes. we have Shanice. Shantae Moore. That album is yep. really good. I want to talk that that album is really good. You guys go check out that one. You've got Jade Immature. We didn't talk about Immature the week before, but Immature dropped an album here as well. Is that their debut or no? No, this is their second album. How old were they? They were like 12 or 10. Yeah, I think they were your age. They were literally immature at this point. (laughs) Their their album name was Playtime is Over. So Hmm. Maybe they were watching Power Rangers. Uh, Karen White. <laughs> they were. Karen White dropped an album and Gerald Levert. So some great albums for you guys to check out. But Side gotta... note, but Gerald Levert, one of our most underappreciated oh, yes. legends. Oh, yes. My goodness. Far. Such a talent. Far. It, it's Super a shame. talented. The most talented from LSG. Right, Ed? The what? I let's not go that far. <laughs> but <laughs> He's not. <laughs> but I will say that he is actually one of the legends that I, I love. My friends will tell you the day that he passed away, you had to roll me out of the room in a wheelchair. I was losing. Oh, my boy, Gerald. (laughs) Um, All right. Let's talk about these rookies. And I think we missed out on a couple of albums, but we're going to have to move along. We don't have all day. Don't kill us, guys. It's too much to 94. Yeah. Uh, Rookies of 94 here. We've got got Blackstreet. We've got Jamie Foxx. Changing Mm -hmm. Faces. Brandy. Jeanet, Usher, yes, Usher dropped an album in 1994. He was like 12, but he did drop an album. <laughs> he was 12 singing about sex, but we'll get to that later. Well, that's Usher for you. Uh, we've got Aaliyah. Rest in peace, Aaliyah. We've got Trisha Covington. Ed, that's your girl. That's my girl. I don't want to spend too much time on her, but back in 94, we thought she would be in that same conversation that we would have with Monica and Brandy and so many others. Her album, if y'all missed it, and I think it might be hard to find these days, check out some of the singles. She had a look and a voice. She was great. It's amazing. It's kind of sad she fell off and we didn't get her more of her, but she was amazing. Then we have Philly's Most Wanted. Not the group, Tom, but the other (laughs) group from Philly, the Whitehead Bros. (laughs) Wow. I had no idea they were from Philly. They were the originators, man. Killer debut Ed's, album. Ed's boys. No, yep. my boys, yes. We've got Damien <laughs> Hall. He released his solo album from yep. Guy. He mm. dropped his solo album. And we have Ralph Tresvant from New Edition. He dropped a solo project here, Shout too. out to Derek Dunn. Shout outs to Derek Dunn. And we have All for One. Um, shout outs to my guys at <laughs> All for One. Although, I'm I don't know. If, up in this comment. Although, I swear, I don't even know if that's really an R&B song. That song was huge, though, Ed. Oh, they, that's another song that they wore out. I mean, it was as poppy as pop could get, but I mean, R&B was hot in the building, so I wasn't mad at them for riding away. 
That was mm-hmm. another one that I would never want to hear again. No offense to them, <laughs> but they just poured out. Can I read this comment? Yeah. I think yep. it's Le- Le- Lenax Lambert. Monica was 12 thinking she was 32 on her debut. That's facts right there. Well, it's true. Yep. Yes. What are these 30 year What excuse do you 30 year olds today have? <laughs> Sounding like bleeding horses. Well, Ooh. I, oh, wow. Uh, Usher on this album. Let's start with Usher first, because a lot of people don't know that this was Usher's debut, but he was like 13, sounding like he's thir- he was 35, and now he's 40, <laughs> sounding like he's 15. So yes, it's kind of interesting how that worked out. But this debut Usher album, I wouldn't say it matches up to the caliber of what was to come, because obviously he came out with some legendary classic albums. But I think people need to go back and check out this album. Puffy's on it. Devontae's on it. Our guy Bam's on it. Brian Alexander Morgan. Like, there's a couple of great songs on here. Don, yeah, it Darnell was, Jones is on. Don, Darnell Faith Donnell Evans. is in here too. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> this was a solid album. I mean, at the time, because we talked about such high quality albums already, it didn't really penetrate the mainstream as far as what we would get from Usher in a couple years. But as a debut, just standing on its own, I mean, it was well received and it was really solid i revisited it a couple years ago and it was a lot better than i remember so yeah check it out if you haven't it isn't anything groundbreaking but compared to i mean hey if it dropped today it would easily be the best album of the year probably but at the time the bar was so high so many classics my man kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit but he quickly rebounded as we all know mm-hmm. guys I, I gotta stop reading these comments Monica was 12 looking like someone's auntie. Come oh my on, that's God. Not, that's not, it, was, it was the haircut. It was, it was in fashion at the time. Trust me. Well, oh boy. if we're going to talk about young kids looking like aunties, can we talk about... Oh, no, I'm not going to go there. Let's talk about no, Brandy. Don't, don't get in trouble, boy. Uh, let, let's talk about Brandy's <laughs> Brandy's debut. <laughs> that was a close one. You almost oh, got man. caught on that one. Yeah, uh... Oh, I hate myself. Uh, let's talk about Brandy's album. Oh, I love it. Cut. <laughs> no, <laughs> I love it. Uh, now, yes, uh, let's talk about Brandy's day. I'm going to drink some water. You guys talk about Brandy's album. I will talk about Brandy while you get your life right. So again, this is another one. I remember exactly where I was when it dropped. You just knew. You just knew she was going to be a star because, as I mentioned before, she was coming off of that um, sitcom, Thea. So we already kind of knew of her. She had this big single that blew up. It seemed like every single was catching fire immediately. She was young. She had this incredible voice, incredible presence. She was just a, you just sometimes know when someone has it and she really had all the tools and the music backed it up. Mm -hmm. So you got this bright young new star who's coming into this very crowded R&B space, immediately making her own lane and connecting with younger fans. And I think that's why, We see so much love for her today. A lot of that started here because, as I've said many times, for a generation, especially of kind of the Twitter era fans, this is their Whitney Houston. This is the beginnings of the artist that they love because they saw her rise from bottom to top. So even though she was never really at the bottom, they saw her ascent, so to speak. It started here and she lived up to every bit of the hype. I just want to read some of the comments. A lot of people are talking about it in our Instagram right here. Shaquille Perry said, at your best is better than want to be down. Eh. No, I don't uh, think so. No. Triborough we'll Gigolo says, still the best Brandy album, in my opinion. Eh. I don't think so. Shaquille Perry, AJ, nothing but a number is better than any song on Brandy's album. Wow. On every song on Brandy album. That's that's a take. <laughs> that's a take, all know. right. That's a take. You can, you can take uh, that take, brother. Laurence, I rarely revisit Brandy's debut, and I'm a huge Brandy fan. I that seems kind of common, actually. And uh, Brandy was the black Barbie, was she Ed? Mm. Yes, she was. I didn't uh, think so either. Well, I I will say this: like in terms of Barbie today, when like Barbie is that Nikki thing, it doesn't really match up well. But as far as like the young girl that other young girls look to and aspire to, yes, that's true. Brandy paved the way for Britney Spears. Is that? Laurence, I don't know about that one. Wow. I I can't give you that one, Darren. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. 
Uh, I, I could get lost. I love the everyone. Thank you for chiming in the comments. We're trying to do our best to read all of them. We appreciate you guys talking amongst yourselves too. It's a lot of uh, back and forth. It's pretty cool, but I'm trying to pay attention to both here. Yeah. I mean, what I love about this album, I'm going to point out one thing is the broken hearted remix with Wanye mm-hmm. is way better than the original, but it's crazy because that's what the nineties were. You had remixes that were way better. Yeah, because they were able to take a song that was good. The original Broken Heart is a good song, yeah. but they were able to capitalize it. Just sprinkling that little bit of Boys to Men dust, as we said, because they were on top of the world. You sprinkle a little bit of that flavor in there, and that is takes it to another level. Making that a duet from just kind of like the sad, broken-hearted theme that she was going with, man, it just really juiced that song up. And that was another album where I got the album. And I was like, wait a minute. This isn't broken hearted. Where's Wanye? Mm. <laughs> you got messed I actually up love, doing that. I actually love I Wanna Be Down. To be honest, that's one of my favorite jams oh, from yeah. the 90s. Like mm-hmm. that's a song you could put on at any time and instantly your head's nodding. It's just one of those songs. And I love when a DJ throws that one in the rotation. I yep. love it. I know some people disagree. I love it way more than baby. That song got on my mm. nerves. Mm. Well, I want to give a couple of shout outs here. Rasan Patterson wrote Baby. And yes. mm. one of my favorites on that album, Always on My Always on My Mind, was written by Kenneth Kenneth Crouch. And Love Is On My Side is written by Robin Thick. Yes. He was, was like year. he was like 15 at the time, I think. He was. Yes. Yeah. Crazy. Wonder if he had the long hair then. <laughs> I don't know if he was Jesus yet. He yeah. might have been, you know. <laughs> Jesus in the manger. He might not have been in the manger. <laughs> he wasn't um, long haired Jesus. All right. Uh, let's talk about another album here. Let's talk about Aaliyah's debut because it's really crazy when I look now on social media because you have people like Shaquille Perry who think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. But then you also have people who refuse to even listen to that album now because it was produced by the Prince of Darkness, mm. the man that we're not allowed to mention. Well, what do you guys me- think? What do you guys think about this album? Let me bring some nuance into it as someone who was like a functioning human being when the album actually came out. Um, This album was people liked Aaliyah. People definitely liked her vibe because she had that girl next door vibe that she really carried throughout her career. She didn't really have the sexuality that she kind of brought later and she shouldn't have like 14, but she was able to connect with those girls in sort of a way that we were talking about with Mary did with kind of older women. She was able to connect with younger girls in a way that Brandy wasn't. Brandy was kind of the, you know, sweet girl that, Oh, she's so cool. She's the one you aspire to be. Aaliyah, you want to be her friend. Mm-hmm. And the music that she put out was something that was really relatable to them. And a lot of those singles did get a lot of love, but again, considering the time period, People weren't going ballistic over this album because there was so there was TLC, there was Mary, there was just so much other stuff going on. It got more attention than Usher's debut, but she would go on to vastly, vastly surpass what we got in this album. So taking away the urine man and looking just at the (laughs) album itself, it was well received, but it was not by any means anything that was ground shaking or changed the landscape at all. I I can't even look at the album cover anymore, guys. Now that we know the context with R. Kelly Aww. creeping in the background, it's just... But yeah, anyway. <laughs> this is... I, this is I thought it was creepy in 94. Like, I remember <laughs> saying, I was like, why is he back there? I thought yeah. even before we knew what we knew, I thought it was weird. But anyway, yeah, not a classic. I'd probably... Using Ed's scale, I would probably have to give this album between a three and a half and a four probably yep. like a 3.75 it's a solid album yeah yeah it's a solid a album album yeah. but no no yeah. there's no groundbreaking thing at all three and I a half the single problem. though uh just for shaquille perry i'll tell you my favorite songs i love the single age ain't nothing but a number i actually I love back and forth still that's another head nod that's a good song yep. um she did a great job with at your best you are love the cover i'm so into you i really like i'm down i like and th- th- I mean, those are some of my favorites. Wait, you didn't mention the best song on the album. Which? Street Thing. I knew yeah. you were going to get Street Thing. Yo, that song, yeah. is, that song is five stars. Yeah. 
Oh, I don't know about that, but it's it's a solid song. Yeah. So that's the Aaliyah album. Um, I want to talk about a debut album. I forgot to mention it earlier, but uh, this is quite a significant album. I've seen some comments on it. Can we talk about Madonna's album that came out this year? This was the debut of R&B Madonna. Ed, is that accurate? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> take take a bows on this album. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Yes, take a bows on. This album did get a little bit, like, the songs did get some um, airplay on some of the more R&B stations. I do remember that. But it wasn't like I, it was like changing the world. It was not that serious. She got a couple of placements, and that was about it. I don't even know if I've heard that album in full yet. Madonna is one of those artists that everybody loves, but every song I hear gets on my nerves. Mm. She just ain't for me. All right. Uh, can, I, really- can I talk about an album real quick, Kyle? Because yes. I know if we're going to have time for this one. Yeah. It's a rookie album. Yeah. Only because our boy Slick Partner is in here, and this is his favorite group of all time. Jean A. Mm. Yes. Shout out to KG. Jean A. Shout out to my boy KG. Yep. This one's for you, Slick Partner, my boy Kevin. I really like this album. Hey, Mr. DJ, probably one of my favorite timeless up-tempo jams from the 90s. I mean, there's so many great songs. This this is in consideration for my best rookie, but prob- it's probably not going to make the cut. Wow. But Groove Thing, Sending My Love. I mean, Sending My Love is la, la, la. Sending My there's Love. Some, yeah. That song is crazy. I think, yeah, Jess, album. I think Van Jess just covered it, right, Tom? I think so. Yeah, I, I had them cover that since I... I was going to say, Tom would know. I, I hooked that up, guys. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> All right. Uh, I want to talk about Blackstreet's debut, because this is an album, and I see people arguing about this back and forth all the time between the debut and the second album. It's so close. I think I have the second album just a little better, but this first album is pretty damn incredible, too. Yeah, um, man. So many records... I can't even name one and, and stick with it, but joy is is a great one. Tonight's the night, the Neptunes early on with Tammy Lucas produced that one. Mm. And before I let you go, Ed, that's an amazing song. Before I let you go, my favorite. So then one of my favorite songs of the year, man, so much good music this year, but yeah, this album, if I have to argue about which one I think is best, I might lean toward the debut. I'd probably go back and forth. Maybe I need to rank them pretty soon mm-hmm. so I can have a definitive answer. But this was a great debut, just coming off of Guy and evolving that sound into something different and something that really fit the mid-90s. You could tell that Teddy was trying to switch gears a little bit, and it yep. worked so well here. And it really put them on the trajectory to be one of the premier groups of the decade. So can't hate on that success. Once again, another this incredible debut from a year stack with them. You know what, Tom? You got to give Teddy Riley a lot of credit because not only did he create New Jack Swing, but once that started to fade out, he was able to create another group that wasn't yep. New Jack Swing. And it was even more successful in some ways. Right. That's probably one of the most underrated aspects of his career, the way he was able to evolve with the times gracefully. I mean, we yep. see people try to follow trends, but he was no, so far from a, someone who followed trends. He was always setting the trends and not following. So shout out to Teddy Riley, man. One of the greatest we, we've ever had. I'm so thankful we've gotten more celebration for him in yep. recent years. Yep. And then lastly, we have Jamie Foxx's debut, Peep This. A lot of people don't know about this album, but the ones that Wait do. Wait a minute. They, What's they that? Know. I thought... I thought Gold Digger was his first ever song. Oh, no, God. God. <laughs> People say that. Come they on. They say a lot of dumb things that I'm <laughs> very sure about. But yes, this album was his debut. Yeah. And it might be my favorite Jamie album. You know, I've, as, as unpopular as it is, I have got, I love Jamie as a talent. I don't really like a lot of his albums. They mm. are very hit and miss to me. Even the album y'all love, the Unpredictable Joint. It's got some good songs, got some stuff that's anti me. Peep This, though, I think from front to back is a very strong listen. And it's one of those ones that when it dropped, this is, I won't say that this was the overall feeling at the time, but just me personally, because he was a star and he was doing his thing in Hollywood and in Living Color and all that stuff. I thought that this album, he was going to blow up and be like this huge music star. And it mm. didn't happen until, man, like a decade later. But at the time, I was like, oh, this dude is going to be next. I loved Infatuation. I loved a lot of the songs he came out with, but didn't quite work. But if you missed this album, go check it out because I think it still holds up in most aspects today. 
Ed, I got a question for you about Jamie Foxx on the song Blame It on the Alcohol. Oh, God. Well, I know you don't drink, and you hate autotune, so when that song comes on, what happens? Oh, I turn it off. Oh. <laughs> wow. That tall. song and that Trey song is terrible. Song, it's your birthday, whatever. Make her say, ah, what, what is terrible. that Terrible, yes. Those are two of the worst songs I've ever heard in R&B. In my <laughs> oh, life. my goodness. I'm sorry. I'm so serious. I hate those songs. What about and those I, were part of the, 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 the uh, what, uh, okay end rent? <laughs> what about the Trey Songs record? I came here for two reasons. Let's not go into Trey Songs right now. <laughs> All right, nineteen ninety four. Nineteen ninety four. Let's get back. I'm, right. good I'm getting stressed. You're me in a psychos evil mood. I wish I still had my Snoop Dogg wine. I'm gonna have to get another another bottle for next week. <laughs> oh, um, and f- so I think that sums up the rookies for. 1994. There's probably a couple more, but we're really running late on time. Hold on. Ed just got called out. I would love for him to respond to Shaquille Perry. Wow. Ed Ed is known for his bad take. Ed is Mm. known for his bad takes. Wait a minute. Wasn't this just the man who said that age ain't nothing but a number? The song is better than anything on Brandy's first album. Calm down, children. Mm. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, we got to bring in our guy now, Lauren. Uh, not Laurent from last week, but another Lauren. I thought his name was <laughs> Philip. He's been with us. He's been chilling in. He's finally here now. What's going on, man? What's up, man? Uh, not, not much. Just enjoying everything. Hello, hello, everybody. Shout out to the homie. First time I'm seeing him in real life. What's going on, player? Going good. Going good. Tom, Thanks this, for joining us, man. Thanks for supporting. Tom, this guy, this guy has been supporting us for years. So yeah, we, we appreciate you, man. Thank you oh, so much. No, no problem. I enjoy it. All right. First so, question we got to ask. I yes. ask everyone. What year were you born? <laughs> so I was born in '87. So I would have been seven years old in '94. Still younger than us, Ed. Still. Oh my gosh, younger, but at least a little bit closer. My <laughs> man knows Ed. his stuff, so it's all good. Ed, I think we're the only people our age on the internet. That's I, the problem. No, that is the problem. <laughs> yeah, I think the Ugh. the rest of you guys are still watching Power Rangers on VHS. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. Well. Lauren, you know how this works. We're going to get into some awards here. Uh, let's start out with the Rookie of the Year. You know, you just heard all those great albums. Uh, Tom, let's start with you. Who is the Rookie of the Year in 1994? Do you have the choices again real quick? Do you have that graphic for me? Uh, Yeah, let me... Uh, oh, you're throwing me off my game here. While well, he's finding that, L- Lauren, where are you based out of? I'm in, in Indiana. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Do you know Michael Jackson? What? Well, my mom's from East Chicago, Indiana, and our grandmother always said Catherine was a distant cousin. So there you go. See? See? Wow. See? Come on, Ed. Oh, my gosh. That's like everybody from Virginia being related <laughs> to Nat Turner. Like, it's like, oh, that's my cousin. Like, yeah, okay. We all cousins. Yeah. All right. My dad, my dad was down at IU when uh, Babyface's uh, uh, brothers and stuff were down there. Before, after okay. seven. So, okay. Wow. Wow. I asked that for fun and dope, we just dope. got fun facts. That was awesome. Uh, all right. Here's the collage <laughs> here. Uh, we've got Aaliyah, Jamie Foxx, Blackstreet, Brandy, Ch- Ed. We forgot about Changing Face. I hope you have them in your. Can we talk about Changing Face before we forget? Yes, we can talk about Changing Faces because I love those ladies. I don't know what's going on in the Soul and Stereo Cypher on Facebook, but it's a lot of Changing Faces hate mm-hmm. over there. I need to slap some folks around hey. because I love those ladies. I don't know why there's so much changing faces. Hey. All they right. were very solid, baby. Very solid. Uh, we've got Usher. We've got Jean A. Um, we've got Whitehead Brothers. We've got Trisha Covington. And we've got Damian Hall. And uh, our guy just wanted us to shout out the Jason's Lyric soundtrack. So that's the shout out. That's actually a really good soundtrack. Too. Yes, that's one of my favorite. Yeah. One of my favorites, again, on the wall over back there. That one wow. still gets a lot of play today. Wow. So, Tom, Rookie of the Year. Man. You know what? I'm just going I'm just going to go with Aaliyah just because I have to. What do you mean you um, have to? I, I feel like I owe it to her, you know? All right. She's no longer with us. <laughs> okay. You know, and uh, it's too hard to choose otherwise. So I'm going with Aaliyah because I'm the of all these artists, Aaliyah is my favorite. All right. 
Lauren? Shaquille paid, Perry paid me to say this. Wow. All right, Lauren. He did. Maybe you'll have a better reasoning for whoever you pick. Well, I was I was trying to think of it too, and I think I will have to go with Talia just because of what would come, because she is one of my favorite artists, and that whole, yeah. the whole, uh, the team around her, everything. That was like my formative year. So, mm. yeah, I'd say Talia. All right. Ed? Well, so you know this player, I always have to put it in the perspective of the actual year because I don't like hindsight is like too weird. You could be like, oh, it's Usher. But if I time traveled to 94 and said Usher was the rookie, everybody'd be like, what you talking about, dude? Mm. So I always put it in the perspective of the year. And for that perspective, I got to go with Brandy. She had a very strong album, had a strong career trajectory. She was she lived up for every bit of the hype. And even though it's certainly not like her best album by any means today, it's still one of her strongest and pretty remembered as well. So mm. Brandy gets your boys votes. Yeah. So my pick would actually be black street, but because we're going with this whole, they're my favorite artists. So I'm going to pick them. <laughs> I guess I'll go with Brandy as well. I'll go with Brandy. Oh, nice. <laughs> Everyone else is doing it. <laughs> there right. you go. Peer pressure. Yes. Uh, now we're going to get into the top three favorite albums of 1994. A lot of great albums here. Got some albums that went diamond. A couple of albums that we would consider classic classics. So, Tom, I'm going to let you lead this off. Your number three is. Hold on. I just got off track. I just read a comment that said Brandy and J-Lo are the vocal Bibles. J-Lo? Jennifer Lopez? Yeah. Shout out to Lanax Lambert, who I've seen in the chat the whole time. I don't know about that one. J-Lo? J-Lo? Is there yeah, a new J-Lo we, that I don't know? Because we ain't talking we, about Jennifer. Had, uh, okay, Wait. she said she's playing. She's had wine. Well, hold on. Oh, Snoop okay. Dogg wine. If, if, okay. if J-Lo is the vocal Bible, then I think Ashanti is also the vocal Bible. They kind of <laughs> go hand in hand, right? <laughs> That's let's, about let's, right. Let's, let's focus. <laughs> let's see, I guess she's on the Tom diet, so I understand that. Oh, my goodness. All right. Tom? Now, do we have to pick the big three that came out this year? Your old list. It's your list, but... I mean, there's a clearly big three. Right? Okay. Let, let's give us... Let's start with number four. <laughs> give, give me your number <laughs> no, four. No, no. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to pick those three, but... I think you'll get caught. I feel like I have to, though. They're just. All right. I'm just going to say Boys to Men's two album, one of the best albums that decade. Undeniable. That's my number three. Okay. Lauren? All right. My number three, um, I wouldn't appreciate it until I'm, I was much older, but I would go with Mary's My Life just because at the time, even, even years later, I felt like this is a little too depressing for me. Mm-hmm. I have a little. <laughs> I don't have that much yeah. I have more endorphins than I can. Yeah. To so, but now I appreciate it more. So number three is my life. Ed. Well, you know me, I got to put on a review. I had, I got to put my favorites aside. Cause if I did favorites, this would be a much different list, but I guess I have to stick with the top three. And for that, I would have to put number three. <sighs> Regretfully, my girl's TLC mm. that close. From getting mm. up the top you can exchange the other two but i'll go with tlc for number three all right my number three okay the honorable mention i'll have to say it again is black street i really want to put them in here but i can't um my number three will have to be mary as well my life i love this album some of it's too sad for me but it is it's a classic and it's one that you can play from start to finish so mary is my number three and guys, feel free to chime in with your honorable mentions here, too, just to make it a little more interesting. But while we do that, Tom, what is your number two? My number two is, I'm reading these comments, Shaquille Perry. My life is significantly better than Boys to Men's album. I have to agree with that one. Hmm. And But my number two is TLC's Crazy Sexy Cool album. Another one I could say is one of the best this decade, in my opinion. Love that one. What about you, Lauren? Okay, first, my honorable mention, which would be number four. I don't know if it's R&B, but I have to throw in uh, C.C. Pennington's sophomore album, Thought okay. You Knew. Oh, yes. Just Look because, at that. Sound. Okay. Just because okay. Uh, whatever it is, is my jam. Like, okay. Um, That's like, a good... he, ju- he just called us out for not mentioning that one. 
that's, that's well, we cool. don't know if it's our, an R and B album. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure. Yeah, I wonder, there's R and B on it, it, but I would count it. There's enough of it. That's cool. Yeah, and then my number two goes to Jeanne's pronounced Jeanne. Wow, wow. Yeah, nice. I grew up with my dad. Grew up in the '70s, so we had a bunch of funkadelic and Earth, Wind, and Fire, and that album just takes me back to that. Just dancing around the house, so it's definitely my number two. So, mm. Ed. Well, I mean, everybody knows my top three, so I'll hit my honorable mentions. Got to go with my man Keith. Keith, one of my favorites from him. Black Street, of course. Yeah. Covington again. I'm not overhyping it, y'all. Go check that out. Slow down was my song. Lots of good stuff there. Number two, we'll have to go with my girl Mary. Sorry, Shaquille, you're wrong again. Mm. <laughs> Mary's number two, my life. Ooh. All right. Uh, my number two will have to be TLC's Crazy Sexy Cool. It's actually really close between this one and my number one, which I think we all know what it is at this point. But yeah, I'll go number two. Great songs on this album. And honestly, it could probably be a number one in any other year. But unfortunately, this year, it will have to be number two. Mm-hmm. Tom, we're down to number one. I think I know where you're going with this one, but you could surprise us and go with Usher's debut. I think you're right, Kyle. I think you know where I'm going. The album is Serious by the brothers Kenny and John, a.k.a. Mm. the Whitehead <laughs> Brothers. Yo, that album is really good. <laughs> like, really. Oh my god! No, I, I I was asking that same question about six months ago, to be honest, right, Ed? Yes, he was. I had to put him on him and Chucky Booker. I got to get him straight. This is mm. what I do, player. <laughs> Wasn't Chucky Booker part of the Whitehead Brothers? No, just give your answer, please. Why <laughs> jump through the screen? Number one, Mary J's "My Life" album, front to back. Maybe one or two skippables, but love that one. What about you, Lauren? All right. My number one, uh, just being going back to that time, this was the album that my, we had the cassette tape and we listened to it, but there were songs we had to skip since we were children and there was videos we couldn't <laughs> watch because we were children, but it's TLC's Crazy Sexy Cool. Mm. Um, like I remember going to my going to the hairdresser as my mom did an appointment and the full album is playing in the background. Like it was just everywhere. So that's my number one. So well done. Ed. Well, I mean, there's only one left. I mean, I mean, to your point, you're right. All these albums, these top three were played everywhere. Everybody had them. That's why they're all diamond sellers. I mean, it's just incredible how much these albums have impacted. But for me, one of the best albums of the entire decade Voice them in. Mm. Good pick. People Ed. are complaining we did TLC dirty. I don't understand. More dirty, more dirty than Arista. Now that's oh, dirty. We do. <laughs> oh, we didn't buy them a Rav Four player. We did them a little better than that. I mean, but there's there can only be one. There can only be one. Getting in the top three in 1994 is a gigantic accomplishment. Trust Listen, me. Damon Dunn stayed up till whatever time it is in the UK. I think like. 2 a.m. right That'd now. I'd be like 2 or 3 a.m. for Damon. I didn't know to he was here. What up, Damon? He wanted to hear his favorite album of all time, TLC, named number one by all of us. And we did him so wrong. He'll never do well. it again, I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whatever. Sorry, Damon. Go yeah. back to bed. <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, my number one, I don't think it's a perfect, perfect album because I don't love all the up temples on this album. But the slow jams are just so good that I have to put it up there. And uh, I was gonna say Seal's album, but I don't know if Seal. That's R- <laughs> I don't know if that's R and B. Calm down. But uh, I'll go with. Is Boyce. it R and B? No. Is Seal R and B? I don't think he is. No, no. he does make R and B songs sometimes, but that album isn't. Right. All right. So I'm gonna go with Boys to Men, the two album. Like I said, I don't love every up tempo on here, but those slow songs, trying times, trying times. My that gosh. song, Fifty Candle. My goodness. Play. some amazing songs so that will be give it six stars yes cal- calm down but that <laughs> that will be our that will be my number one album for 1994 and that concludes our discussion on 1994 r&b uh, wow it's already we've been at this for an hour and 15 minutes so we got to end this now ed what's going on with soulinstereo.com well if you aren't 
mad at me enough for putting Boys <laughs> to Men at number one and TLC at number three. You can get mad at me all over again and go to Soul and Stereo and check out my review of Jasmine Sullivan's new EP, LP, mixtape. What is this thing, Tom? I don't know. But mm. her new joint, <laughs> Hotels, is up. So, I mean, it's a, it's a solid release. You can see my unadulterated, unfiltered thoughts on that on Soul and Stereo. Nice. Tom, what's going on with You Know I Got Soul? Um, well, we got the Jasmine Sullivan project. You can stream it on our site. Yeah. Hotels, great title for an album, I must say. Mm. Seven, seven intermissions and seven songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I revisited Terrell Hicks's album. Wow. I saw her mentioned in the comments today. And I posted up one of my favorites from the, from the album that was produced by Teddy Riley. Mm. Uh, other than that, it's been kind of slow with new music and R&B right now. So we're just kind of treading water until everyone decides to wake up from their holiday slumber. Cool. Lauren, I appreciate you for joining us for this. Well, is there anything, for having me. Is there anything that you want to plug? Any, any special things? Uh, sure. Uh, me and my cousin do a podcast. It's a streamable mm. life every Wednesday. It's a TV and film podcast. So we're on all major platforms and that drops every Wednesday. Awesome. Get us in for the Power Rangers episode. Oh my we're there <laughs> uh, guys I think that's it for this week I appreciate you guys for tuning in uh, I'm going to go watch that Ashanti and Keisha Cole versus battle now oh wait that didn't happen oh. <sighs> your girl maybe next Tom, week get, I mean Kyle get her together yeah. Ashanti <laughs> but next that. week we'll be on 93 and it'll be all about my girl Tony so I can't well, wait for that one actually it'll be about Jodeci but we'll get to that next week. We'll argue next week about it. We'll argue next week. But um, before we let you go, Lauren, what's the, what's the best album from 1993 off the top of your head? I just named two. This will be the cliffhanger. Uh, Let's see. I would have been six. (laughs) Ah. Oh, I mean, it's hard for me. I don't even know these off the top of my head without looking. I've had to look these all up. I was looking, I was looking through albums today and, for this, I was like, oh, that came out before. That came out before. Now I can't remember any of them. Mm. All right. Well, what's the better album, Jodeci or uh, Tony Braxton? I would have to say Tony because the upbeats by Jodeci just weren't, weren't it. All right. Yeah. My guy. We are out of here. Um, I appreciate everyone for tuning in, and uh, we'll be back next week, same time, unless the Ashanti Keisha Cole versus battle happens then. But if not, <laughs> We will be back next week at the same time. So, Lauren, I appreciate you for joining us. Lauren, and thanks, Tom, man. Appreciate thanks you. We'll do this again next week, and I appreciate everyone for tuning in. We'll be back next week. So, you guys be safe, take care, and uh, wear a mask. All right. Peace.